show then. Hello, Rob. <laughs> Hi, John. Uh, welcome to episode nine of the North v South podcast. It's uh, it's Friday afternoon. We're doing an afternoon recording rather than an evening, which means I'm not having a beer today, John. I don't know if you are. Um, you got a, a carafe of port by your side. <laughs> Always. Um, no, I'm drinking really bad instant coffee. It's the only kind of instant coffee, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is terrible stuff. Um, yeah, how are you? I'm very well. Um, I did have my window open because it was. Uh, I've got a few big trees around our house, and it's beautiful birdsong. But some flats near us that are getting their roof refelted at the minute, so all I can hear is the the kind of roar of one of those uh, kind of blowtorch things. So I've had to close the window, which is bit sad but uh yeah i'm good it's been a nice nice week i've managed to get in uh plenty of drawing this week and it's been quite sort of relaxed really which has been been lovely and what have you been drawing i uh i've just finished a commission uh, which i mentioned last week which was a Jimi hendrix as a cosmonaut uh i don't know why it was requested as a cosmonaut rather than an astronaut but he was so I've just finished that, which was nice. That got posted out today. Um, and it's quite nice. I think I'm guilty in a lot of my commissions of just drawing a picture. But I've kind of begun to think about them a bit more clearly as illustrations. So thinking a lot more about the composition and stuff. Approaching them a bit more like a design problem rather than just drawing a picture. So it's come out pretty well. Um yeah, so you you let us into one of your uh, one of your top secret techniques, <laughs> the sophisticated techniques of uh, coin masking. Yeah, and a, and a toothbrush covered in white paint. Yeah, but it turned out all right. It looked great. Yeah, it was it was a nice one. So I've got a couple more commissions to do. Just very old school. I was I was expecting yeah. to see the lecture set there. Well, that's it. I, I because I'm, my work is completely hand drawn. I kind of have to go old school. If it, you know, if it was a, a commercial illustration for a magazine, I could do digital bits and I can retouch things, and you know, I could have put in the background and the stars and everything on that illustration in Photoshop. But because it's a physical thing that's getting posted to someone that they're going to frame and put on their wall, they can't do any of that. You know, I'm not going to kind of bugger about in Photoshop and then print something. I think if they're paying me to draw something, they get the thing that I've drawn. So it has to be all analog and traditional which is uh, tricky sometimes you know i'd I'd, uh, kill for layers but uh, it's not to be but um yeah what about you how's your week what have you been up to um i feel like i've got a bit of breathing space at the moment so i'm very busy doing all sorts of different things i've been drawing as well this week um i've drawn some logos for a client and hand drawn them and i designed a a um do you know those those old bambi vans that are like holiday vans they're tiny little vans um you see them driving around they've got like a little door on the back and anyway they've bought this company that i've worked for before uh they make they're like a street food company yeah. and uh they did glastonbury last year and i think they've got another van going down i think this is true i think they've got another van going down there um and uh it's for lassie which is a kind of milkshake Indian milkshake thing. Okay, I've seen this if you do for them before. That's really nice. Yeah, so I'm done. I'm doing the van. Um, so I've been drawing that um, all a sort of in Indian style, a sort of Anglo Indian style, uh, crazy van. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be fun. And then I think they've got an artist going to paint it based well, on my sketches. So fantastic. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, the, the last year the Glastonbury uh, stand looked great. Actually, I was really pleased with that. Um, so I'll post I'll post I'll post up a, a photo that somebody took yeah. of it and put it on Instagram. But yeah, it looked cool. Uh, they make dosas, which are kind of pancake, and very awesome. nice they are too. They're called Dosa Deli. So check them out. They're always at the Gherkin. Um, they're part of Curb, which sort of travels okay. around London. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, if you fancy a dosa, get down there. They are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's my advert over and done with. It's good. Uh, what else have we been doing? Oh, uh, I'm working sure. for a new client, making some flyers. Um, yeah, very exciting, highly technical sort of geeky stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a good mortgage payer. Uh, 
and um, and I saw that my um, old soda lot last night for the first time since I yeah, left. Yeah, how was uh, it? How were they all? They were really good. Uh, yeah, um, Zara was leaving. So she's moving up north and um, uh, to Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, however you pronounce it's it. Barely the north. Well, for me, it's a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so, um, yeah, it was really nice to see them. We went to some weird cheese and wine place in a place called Woking, which is, oh, God, it's not a great place, is it? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I saw Nick Barber was there as well. So, yeah, um, yeah and they, they got, they prece- I had to drive, but they proceeded to get very drunk on red wine. <laughs> And it was a wine and cheese place. So we had a big tray of, like a big trolley of cheese came along, ate some very interesting cheeses um, and sipped some water, which is that's, a bit sad. Yeah, that's quite a strange concept. Well, yeah. it's, actually, it's not that strange, but it's unusual that I've never heard of something before that does that. Yeah. But there's that place in Waterloo, isn't there, across the bridge, Charing Cross, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but you go under under the... Uh, you go down, it's down below, it's a bar on that street that runs up to Charing Cross from the river. Yeah. Um, it's on the right-hand side there. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically, it's the grimmest place, but you just get red wine, white wine uh, and cheese. I think I've been there before, but I don't remember the cheese. Yeah. I remember the place and the wine. Maybe it's changed a bit since I was lost there. No, but it was good. It was good to see them. Um, the same old, same old. So, yep. yeah, nice. Um, it's been a long, long time. My life's changed immeasurably since I last saw them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I hadn't seen them literally for, I think it's nearly three years that I left. So, Well, we've, we, I think we've, uh, we've realised that your... My time grasp. Uh, this is terrible. It's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's baby brain. I just, I, you know, I can't think it. back to last week, let alone three years ago. But I'm, th- I'm pretty sure it's three years ago. Okay. We'll trust you this time. <laughs> So uh yeah moving on from my boring life what what um what have you been what have you seen recently that uh, has piqued your interest well uh there's a few things <clears throat> when we just came out uh I noticed just before we came uh, we started recording was the Tokyo Olympics 2020 Olympics have unveiled a shortlist for the logos for the forthcoming Tokyo Olympics right. and you might remember there was a bit of an outcry I think it was late last year when the winning design was announced and then it very quickly became a bit of a Ferrari because it was deemed to be unacceptably close to a, another design, that had, uh, another existing logo. So they ditched that. Um, and it was it was certainly similar, but whether or not it's just one of those cases of uh, kind of convergent div- design evolution... Uh, I don't know, but it was certainly similar. But the new ones they put up, uh, it was a a public competition um, and they've announced four shortlisted designs. With no, um, I haven't seen any information about who designed them or whether or not they're uh, professional designers, but they're just um, mediocre, I think. I think this is one of those cases where because the Olympics is... Uh, kind of such a recognisable thing. I think uh, it's allowable to be able to criticise them without knowing too much about the the brief. I think we all know what an Olympics is and what it needs to do. And and they're just... I don't know if it's because it was a public consultation, public competition, but they're just very uninspired, I think. They look like any kind of middling rebrand of a generic company, really. If it wasn't for the Olympics, you, you know, it could be anything. Hmm. Um, certainly a far cry from the the beautiful Tokyo 1964 design or Mexico or Munich. Why don't they just employ a really good design agency? Well, because that's what they did originally. They, designed, right. they, uh, but, they employed you know, a Japanese designer and it, it all went terribly wrong. So I was just looking at the Japan Times, which is saying that the... Um, Hopefully that's not some vastly right-wing rag that I've just brought it up on. But um, yeah, 15,000 entries in a competition open to any resident of Japan over the age of 18. Yeah. Oh, that sounds positive, doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> well, hopefully they'll end up with uh, something that, like uh, New Zealand did. Um, yeah. If you, can, you, uh, can you see the four shortlisted designs there? Yeah. Yeah, they just, they think they just look like anything, really. 
Yeah, they're. I mean, I can't see them isolated, so it's hard to say. But um, I don't. Yeah, they're not very inspiring, are they? Yeah. So next up is um, well, I've been seen that the new pound coin design has gone into production um, at the end of last month. Um, they make they're now making four thousand a minute. Wow. Um, it's a twelve-sided coin. That was news to me. I didn't know that was even happening, but I don't read newspapers, so. It's not, um, I don't know what I think about it, really. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, the two-tone, two, you know, two different elements on coins, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that, uh, that bothered by it, but it's, um, I like, I like it. I like a 12, I like, I like lots of sides to it. I like the old 50p coins. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I look forward to that. So it's going to be in production for an, an entire year before they start um, launching is, it. Which is is it, is it one point four billion of them there? <laughs> they're making. Is this when all the machines that take normal one pound coins will stop stop working? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but also, it's it's uh, designed to be um, forgery proof, isn't it? Because right. apparently, three percent of of all the pound coins in existence. Uh, are fake. Right. Which is a lot. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to get my machine to uh, stamp out. I'm going to have to change all of the stamps on it. Um, yeah, but you can always tell those really bad ones you get given, don't you? There are some terrible ones, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, they're like lead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. Uh, I I know nothing about coin design. Are there any coin designers out there? What's, a, what's the name for a coin designer? Do they have a name? Like a cartographer is a... A map maker. Yeah. What's, what's, what's coin? Uh, the collection of coins. What's that called? Don't know. Can't remember. Uh, numismatist. Is it? I don't New know. Mis- numismatist. Wow. Something like that. My father-in-law collects coins. I should ask him. <laughs> Does he do uh, slideshows? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Uh, uh, what else was on your... Uh, what else is... Well, I was reading a story. Um, I've been following this company for a while um they're called nest and they make uh, a sort of a learning thermostat um my mate has got one in his house um and i did sort of toy with it and then i thought you know what it's the one thing in your life that you really need to control isn't it that the temperature in your house um, yeah i don't really want to yeah i don't want to give that over to a computer um and now i've read lots of subsequent issues that they've had with software and updates and all yeah. sorts of uh, all sorts of things batteries not charging and running out and then shutting down the system remotely mm. um i say you know just get a switch right yeah I, <laughs> so the, so nest was the it was set up by the guy that worked on the original ipod design wasn't it yeah Apple. tony uh, farrell is his name uh, I think I've something like that yeah um so, and then it was bought out by google recently ish uh, yeah a couple of years ago so um and then then last year they formed this this um sort of mother company called alphabet um yes and uh they've put all of their technology sort of bets i'd call them um mm. into this company um and suddenly realized that uh oh god we're not making as much money as we thought <laughs> we're holding up all of these uh these businesses that are, f- are failing um and google have got a terrible track record with um failed businesses um they experiment but that's what we were going to sort of touch on, wasn't it? Um, yeah. That, you know, I find a lot of products these days are seem to be, um, they seem to be very ephemeral. Uh, they don't have much backup to them. I mean, there's the nest is one of is, is, you know, basically what nest then bought a company, uh, called Dropcam, which was, um, like a, a security camera, but you could also use it for baby monitoring and all sorts of things. It's a very beautiful product. Um, but that has gone, again, that has gone horribly wrong. Um, and uh, I think they're dropping that. And there's a there's another box that kind of was like a things, uh, an internet of things control system. Um, and they've just completely withdrawn all support for that. Yeah, so this was the Revolve, wasn't it? it was right. Called. I didn't know what it did, but I think it's just a, it's now just a dead box. Um, you can't do anything with it. Yeah, it was kind of like the hub for uh, controlling things in your home, like your interior and exterior lighting, your, I don't know, your internet-enabled fridge, whatever. 
Yeah. Uh, and now they've, so they've dropped the support for Revolve rendering anyone using it completely useless, hasn't it? Yeah, totally, totally useless. Killed it. It's not that, it's not just that they're not going to support it going forward. They've absolutely cut it off because it was, it worked by being hosted on Google servers, didn't it? And they've just knocked it on the head. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, cause Apple have been playing with this with HomeKit. Um, yeah. and again, this is a completely useless system because nothing works on it yet. Um, mm. the, you know, it's very, very few things, especially in the UK. Um, we don't tend to get, uh, I think you can control a light bulb with it. That's yeah, about it at the moment. Philips Hue or something. Yeah. That's about it. But yeah. it's, I think it's one of those things. It's that age old thing of just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you should. And I think that the whole internet of things is a, is at that stage at the minute. Everyone's scrabbling to, to revolutionize something or kind of monetize something but actually no one needs it so they it's quite easy to kind of launch things in this day and age particularly if it's uh kind of tech or online or if it's just code it's very easy to get something out there which is i guess what google doing a lot of their beta stuff and the google labs they launch stuff people use it and then it just gets you know, I've forgotten about or yeah. Well, Google Glasses know. is is the um, the best uh, example of that, isn't it? Yeah. Something that they really, really pushed, um, and that is completely dead now. I saw yeah. somebody when I was in um, Houston Airport. I saw somebody wearing them, and I thought, well, I, I thought a rude word. He just he looked, looked like, like a dick. He just looked like an absolute dick. <laughs> <laughs> It's just creepy, isn't it? It's it is. a creepy thing. You know, I'm filming you now. I'm it sitting is. in a bar filming. The weird thing, I did see Samsung this week had put in a patent for uh, internet-enabled contact lenses, which would be able to project information, like on a heads-up display, <laughs> wow. via the contact lens. So oh. that's Google Glass without the glasses. Yeah. Uh, which is even spookier. Yeah. But, I mean, that's getting very sci-fi isn't it yeah. you know you can imagine kind of facial recognition you're in a you're in a meeting and overlaid with everyone's faces is a little bit of information about them or their facebook profile or you know it's scary stuff yeah i, I just think it's um it, there is there's this lot of reliance on putting out products that aren't going to be supported you know sort of in entrepreneurs making products and then sort of dropping them and moving on to the next thing and you're left mm. with absolutely useless piece of tech um i think that apple watch is you know verging on that at the moment um it's you know i know so many people that have bought, well not so many but i know lots of people who bought them and that's now just sitting not being used because it doesn't it hasn't it has no purpose yet it yeah. doesn't it doesn't fit all of the yeah. things that you want it to you know what i want it I, i'm interested in fitness trackers because i've got one i've talked about it the other week and th- these guys have done the same with their first one they completely you know that is now useless i think you can't i think yeah you know the battery didn't last and there were all sorts of issues with it um but yeah apple uh watch um it's not waterproof so you can't swim with it um yeah. the battery only barely lasts a day it's too big um there's you know there's all these things that just aren't quite right and it doesn't have a purpose other than That's a watch it. which They've you can just... buy like a 15 quid casio like i've got on my wrist it works just as well <laughs> i don't you know I, I i i understand where they're going and i and i think that i think the straps are beautiful um Yes. I think the new NATO style night nylon ones are absolutely gorgeous. It's some lovely stuff. But um, but the yeah, that's the whole thing about the watch as well, isn't it? The Apple Watch in particular, you know, the price varies radically, but it, all the price is in the strap. You know, yeah. whether it's 259 quid or 15,000 quid or whatever it is. You know, the tech, you know, everything the watch does is exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, you know, so yeah, it's a jewelry. The difference between an an 800 pound one and a 250 pound one. And there's nothing inside it that works differently. Yeah. It's not like their phones that, you know, they do have slightly different tech in them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the, the 6S has got a stabiliser, hasn't it, in the camera. Um, yes. And it's got the forced touch stuff. And yeah. I wonder, it makes me wonder if Apple, you know, when they launch version two, which is obviously going to have more, more capabilities, are they, you know, if someone's 
got a $15,000 watch strap for their old one. Are they going to do trade-ins uh-huh. so people can get their new tech on their expensive watch? Well, I've read that they've recently, um, that they're pushing that one to the side. What's that one called? The Edition, I think. They're pushing mm. that to the side now. It's very hard to get to get one, um, oh, let it? alone see one in the shop. So yeah. um, I think that was a little, uh, like just to get all of the fashion people excited about it. And yeah, and the publicity. To it, yeah, to give out a load of them. Yeah. For free for big celebs. Um but I, I you know, I think that they're going somewhere right with that. But um, you know, it could be a Newton, it could be, you know, just disappear mm. entirely. But technology is littered with that, uh, with products that don't work anymore and have been discarded. But I think as they start to push in on actual real life living you know your home your car all those kind of things these are essential and your heating (laughs) these are essential things that we need that we you know that we we need to uh rely on and if we can't rely on them or if the power that you know supplies the software to them goes away uh, we're not going to trust them so you're not going to look to you're going to look to bigger corporations all the time aren't you because you know they're going to be there. They're not going to be disappearing or selling off or well, whatever. Well, you say that, but, you know, who's bigger than Google? <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but you're you're more likely, aren't you? You're more likely to trust them uh, with that support. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's definitely an interesting... Um, I've got to stop saying that. I'm going to cut myself out there. Beep! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's a... It, yeah, the, but the story we've jumped off of is the fact that... Um, he, uh, Tony Farrell, public, very publicly uh, blamed the um, the shutdown of um, uh, Revolve the, Revolve on the. Well, he he also. No, this might be a separate story actually. But the drop cam, uh, they've lost. I don't know, seventy five percent of their staff or something ridiculous. Um, and he blamed that publicly on the on the leader of that project. Yeah, he's quite a, a character, isn't he? He's. Um well, he, he splits opinion, I think, on these money. Yeah, I, I think style. he's. I think he's from the Steve Jobs circa nineteen eighties style yeah. of management, um, and I think that uh, that's what made me think of that book that we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, monthly book recommendations is um, the story, the early story of Apple. There's a book called Insanely Great by Stephen Levy, who's a really, a, a, you know, a top quality journalist, and why he didn't read write that Jobs book. That was absolutely appalling. Oh, um, I haven't had, I haven't read the other. One. Oh, don't waste your time. Um, <laughs> but th- this tells the early story of the Mac, um, and I know that sounds really geeky, but it's a fascinating business yeah. insight book, and it's really funny. Um, it's quite short, so I've posted you a copy. Um, Bless I think, you. And I think we should make that our uh, our book. Um, book of the month. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my pie has arrived. Ooh. Mine's uh, sitting next to me, gradually cooling. Yeah, mine's mine's been in the oven, so uh, we'll come on to that later. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, one of the other re- oh, we're done with uh, the Internet of Things for the moment, aren't we? Yeah. One of the other things I saw in the news this week, which isn't strictly a design thing, but it uh, is kind of one of those things that's involved in the, the industry, was um, the George Mason University in Virginia has uh, has just renamed their law school. Uh, after the uh, late Supreme Court judge Antonin Scalia, who uh, uh, there's a bit of controversy when he died because uh, Obama can't get the man he wants to replace him through Congress or something. Yeah. So, but uh, the George Mason University in Virginia renamed their law school the Antonin Scalia School of Law, which is fine until you look at the acronym, which spells asshole. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, so they've now renamed the renamed law school, the Antonin Scalia Law School. Um, but it does show you have to be careful uh, yeah. when you're naming things or I think one of the things as well is hashtag, you know, that when, uh, on Twitter, when companies say, you know, let's all get involved and do this and here's the hashtag. And then they don't realize that it can be, uh, you know, taken in ways that it, wasn't necessarily meant to be the famous one being uh susan boyle the uh britain's got talent singer when she launched her new album uh she uh the uh hashtag they used to uh, generate some interest spelt out sue's anal bum party 
Um, which wasn't what they intended, I'm sure. No. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that's I think it, this- I'd love to be at the phone call to the marketing agency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think this is something that we should talk about, kind of copywriting and brand naming and the kind of the struggles. And, it's it, you know, every time you try and get a domain these days, everything's already gone. You know, how do you name things these yeah. days? Yeah. Um, so that's maybe something we can talk about at a later date. But that tickled me. The, uh, the asshole that law is, school. That is brilliant. I'm going to just jot that one down. So, yeah, I mean, th- there's the famous one, isn't there? When I used to do IT years and years and years ago, um, that was we were putting in all these uh, basically like rack servers that were um, anti-spam like devices that you put yeah. between your um, your email and and the outside. And um, a scump thought council did it and and uh, i'm already stopped, worried stopped getting any or receiving or sending any emails because this machine was just yes blocking everything in their in their domain and i i won't explain any more but yeah no but you have to write that down really to understand it yeah be be careful what you uh, what you yeah. name your site <laughs> <laughs> uh, so any other things that you uh, you uh, you've written do you- down here hp yeah so um, this is bizarre, isn't it? It is a bit weird. So HP uh, a few years ago, I think it was 2011 or 2012, had um, a branding job done on kind of the whole kit and caboodle of their brand by moving brands, and they adopted all of it, the whole design system. Um, but the one part they didn't adopt was the logo that was designed, yeah, um, which they call a progress mark um, because I think moving brands took this angle um which i think refers to some of the architecture at the hp headquarters so they used it for the angle of the the logo um which is quite a slick kind of modern looking hp uh which is nice yeah i like it Uh, the only thing is it could be bp couldn't it or yeah you know there is a bit of that um, um but they adopted everything arrest all the rest of the design system, which also incorporated this angle, um, but they didn't take the use yeah. the logo. And all of a sudden, this logo has appeared out in the wild again on HP's premium laptops. Yeah. I think they've launched a, a Spectre laptop, I think it's called. Oh, wow. um, and it appears there. And with all the kind of associated marketing for the premium laptops. But it's oh, lovely. Right. It's, and I think it's one of those things that, you know, you can see how that would tie into the kind of an overall design system pretty well. Yeah, it's, I think it's really nice. I think it's it's really the first nice. time I've ever heard of a a brand, you know, taking on board everything but the logo. But maybe there are more uh, examples out there. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think, I, 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 you know, it would be good to see them coming back. I like HP. I've always liked their stuff. Um, yeah. I've always used to, used to use their printers back in the day. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I like it. I like I like it, but it's an interesting story, isn't it? Four years that you you adopt the branding and then bring the, the actual logo in, because you'd have thought by four years they'd be rebranding again. Yeah, it's strange as well, because at the, <clears> the time they adopted the moving brands design system, they launched uh, a new HP logo, which was complete standalone. Didn't it was nothing to do with it, um, and was a bit dull. But yeah. yeah, very odd. I think that wraps up my uh, my design news for this week. Right, yeah. So on to chatting about stuff. Um, last week we were talking about, um, uh, <laughs> I do this every week. We were, uh, we were last, chatting about cheap design. Yeah, we were. Um, and uh, we then sort of ended on talking about um, uh, confidence and, you know, how to um, maintain good mental health when you're a freelancer. But we've decided we're going to part that one and we're going to do an entire episode in the future um, devoted to freelancing. Um, I don't know if I wanted to announce that then, so I can always cut that one out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I think, I think so we'd really like that to be, uh, I know there's lots of freelancers out there who are listening to this, well, at least 10 of you. So we'd really like to hear what you know, comments, uh, stories, um, experiences that you've had or any kind of advice that you could give somebody who's thinking of going freelance. Um, and, uh, we talk about it just in one show. Um, yeah, and I think then- we'll, we'll discuss, you know, the, the kind of technical and kind of business struggle and, uh, and kind of the more creative 
struggle as well of working on your own or for yourself. So yeah, uh, if anyone's got anything to uh, contribute to that, that'd be great. Yeah, because you know it'd be good to share that, and uh, I know it's not easy. But um, what I don't want it to do is uh, produce, you know, just a, a long diatribe on, you know, you need to do this and use this software and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's just experience from people who've actually done it and living it. That would be really, really great. So, yeah, drop us a line. Um, you can just get in get in touch with us through um, Facebook or um, Twitter, and uh, and we'll we'll get back in touch with you. Yeah. Um, so, but this week we're going to talk about, um, again, we're going to talk about personal projects. Um, I think they're things that a lot of designers and illustrators are constantly hoping to have time to do and very rarely get time to do. Um, and they can be incredibly satisfying, um, and incredibly unprofitable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, so Rob, what, what, what are your personal projects at the moment other than becoming a world famous illustrator? Uh, well, that one's a long way off, but uh, I've got a few things uh, that I'd like to start, finish, complete, kind of get out there. Um, and maybe just talking about them now might be a bit of a spur. Um, when I started doing the Drawing a Day project a couple of years ago, the fact that I publicised that everywhere was a good kind of impetus to make sure I carried on doing it. So maybe getting this stuff out there is, uh, is going to be a spur. So um, one thing we mentioned before, kind of in episode one, was Asteroid Belt Blues, which is my collection of sci-fi stories and illustrations, which I'm, I'm working on kind of an overall kind of world-building process at the minute so that when I write these little short stories or comics or illustrated... <clears throat> ideas that they all kind of tie in together. Um, and that's something that I want to do more of. Um, and as I'm talking to a couple of guys about producing at least the first story as a, an actual comic, um, at the moment. So, um, we've done some work on a proper script, um, working it out kind of panel by panel. And I think the question for me is whether or not I illustrate that because I think sequential art is is a real skill, and I'm not sure it's one that I'm suited to. So it might be that I just write that as a comic and someone else draws it, which would be interesting to see someone else interpret my work. Um, I think the other thing that's kind of linked to that, um, I just uh, writing for me and illustrating stories. So I've got probably the beginnings of, I don't know, 10 or 15 short stories. Um, some almost complete, some nothing more than kind of scene setting, opening paragraphs. And they vary from kind of curious little <clears throat> folklore tales to kind of big space opera type stuff. Um, but a couple of those are very much children's books that I could see myself finishing and illustrating with the hope of getting published. Um, the first one of those is called The Littlest Troll. Um, I won't give you a synopsis, but uh, but yeah, it's very much a children's book, kind of a little uh, suburban adventure with a little kid as the hero. Um, and that's that's the plot of that's completely written and half the book is written and I'm scared to start drawing it because because I don't know if uh, if what I actually create is going to compare favourably to what's in my head about how the characters should look. Uh, characters and people being a particular weak point that I'm trying to work on. But um, So yeah, they're, those kind of the Astro Belt Blues and the kids' stories very much like an ongoing thing every now and again I'll start writing or tweaking a bit of writing or doing some notes on that kind of thing um, and then the other thing that I've got which I started a while ago and I've got some ideas for some more stuff are some posters I did kind of celebrating NASA so I did two uh, one was called 12 Human Hearts which was um, they're all white on black all a, a kind of envisage them being 
screen printed a nice kind of metallic silver on black color plan um so Ooh. 12 12 human hearts was uh, a, a big picture of the moon and then a list of all the men who've stood on the moon uh, and i did another one with the saturn 5 rocket engine yeah, I, they, uh, they, they are quality, and why they're not posters is a, is a criminal <laughs> offence. Um, I've got uh, I've got some ideas to kind of continue that as a series. <clears throat> so there'd be one showing the lunar module with kind of some of the spec, and then I'd probably do the Gemini capsule and Skylab as well. Um, but I think they'd make a nice set. So that's something that I really must jump on because there's a few people interested. I think if. Uh, you know that uh, if I completed that and got it printed, I think there's a few people interested in buying those. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's probably my kind of current list of stuff. And how how do you deal with them? How do you try and move them forward without uh, either you know just completely uh forgetting everything else and just concentrating on those or trying to fit them in around your working schedule how do you how do you do that well my schedules uh can vary so much depending on if i'm working at a client's office doing some freelance design work or whether i'm at home working on illustration projects so if i'm at home i kind of have a lot more time to work on that kind of thing um so i can just fit things in when and where I want. If I'm, although if I'm working at a client's office, often I feel more impelled to do personal work because you know sometimes the work I'm contracted to do isn't that exciting. So you kind of you you know you're working, you're doing your nine to five, and you're itching to get other stuff done. The, the flip side of that is obviously if you're working nine to five and you've got the commute, you just have so much less time uh, to do it, which is kind of that perverse, you, you know, you're more impelled to do the work and to do your own personal creative stuff, but you just got less time. So, uh, but the writing, you know, you know, it's easy to fit the writing in when and where, whether it's just, uh, sketching, uh, in a sketchbook or tapping away at a laptop. So they kind of fit in, but I really need to, um, Maybe I need to do what the the Google was it fifteen percent or twenty percent Google uh, employees were allowed to work on their kind of approved personal projects, weren't they? Which is where a lot of the Google Lab stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to set aside you know a certain amount of time each week, even if it's an hour or two hours each week, to to work on some of those and get some of them finished. Really, because they're yeah. all started. Right. I think I have to get over the fact that you know a lot of the excitement in a new project is is that initial excitement and kind of sense of wonder of discovering what is what it is you're going to do and initial look and feel of things or world building. Uh, but then you've got to finish it, which is never as exciting. Mm. So I need to, need to uh, sort that out. Yeah, it, it, you definitely have to treat it as a client, I mm. think, you know, and, you know, charge out that time. But it's very difficult if you're running like a yeah. little agency um, to to sort of uh, bookmark that time when you think, oh, actually, you know what, I could earn three hundred quid today or whatever it is um, doing X. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you need to, you know, yeah, you need to create time for it, don't you? And I think the best way is to c- treat it as a client and yeah, give yourself some good. deadlines. Yeah. Um, it's always say ship it and then and then um, iterate on it. Yeah. Otherwise, you never ship it, do you? True, but those they they sound great, and uh, uh, the poster one, yeah, and uh, little prints of your um, your little spaceships, please. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah. Loads of people have asked about that. I and want them. I, I think one of the problems is because they're such little things to me; it's hard to see the value in them. Yeah, no, but, I think um, they'd be really popular, Rob. I think they'd really sell. I think right. you know, yeah, really do. You know, okay. onto a you, nice bit of color plan or whatever. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, I'll get that sorted. Yeah, because you know, you're talking about um, uh, sites and things. Um, you can sell things on that system we were talking about. Mm. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stay quiet about that because okay. you obviously wanted to. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's another project, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, what about you? What's, um, uh, what's on your to-do list? Well, funnily enough, uh, I've had this project. I, I used to run a little print um, shop. Uh, we used to make uh, sorts of 
canvassy things. Um, that's what soda was originally um, when we started uh, doing large format print, really, but sort of more art art led. Um, so I've got an idea just to start a little print company doing short run prints for illustrators and designers, um, 25 to 50. Um, I'm going to invest in a an A2 printer um, uh, and just try it out, trial it, see Ooh. how it goes. I'll just I'll be I'll be stocking, say, six different types of paper. Um, you'll be able to choose from, you know, various A sizes and um, in between. Um, and, you know, I'd send out a little crop of a um, uh, of a preview so you could see what the colours are like and then, you know, send them out. Um, I think that there's a real, you know, a lot of illustrators that I've spoken to find it very hard dealing with large printers who don't really want to take the time to... Um, you know, put the love and care into their prints that they want. Absolutely. Um, or it's incredibly expensive or they're rubbish. So, you know, you go to yeah. high street printers, generally the quality is not great. So I thought, yeah, I'll just do that and create my own products and, and show them off and say, you know, these I'm making these, but you know, you can use my services. Um, so that was, that was that. And that's called Ellie press. Um, and that's been in the back burner for ages. Um, and what I wanted to do as well was then create uh, in our new studio, we're going to put in a screen printing press and then start doing um, screen printing. So um, I've done a couple of courses now. Um, I'm still rubbish at it, but it would be a learning, uh, a learning process. And again, doing my own things. We've got uh, there's a, that leads. Yeah. So that I'd print your things for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd definitely um, be a customer. Yeah. But um, we'd also... Um, uh, we'd also sell products and that was what we were going to be called jelly on a plate. Uh, me and Jess, we're going to do sort of kitchen based, um, prints. So like old fashioned illustrations of products and, you know, yeah. jars and all sorts of things. Very Len Dayton-y like his little strips, yeah. um, and possibly get some tiles made and all sorts of things like that. And then another product for that was like, we we're going to do my Lord and my lady notebooks. So they're a bit like, um, <laughs> they're a bit like, uh, uh, field notes. Um, yeah. but, uh, they are sort of set with the, the different members of a, of a, um, of a, of a household in the, you know, 1920s or whatever, yeah. a la, um, uh, what's it called? Downton Abbey. Yeah. Um, so you'd get the milord and the milady, and then you get the, the chauffeur and the cook, and they'd all have different bits of information in them. So, like the the chauffeur one would be, you know, driving distances and um, you know, that's a fantastic stuff. idea. And then the milady one would be when you know events are on around the UK. Yeah. Um, the the milord one would be you know sizes of wine and cellars and also yeah. I don't know what well, hundreds dress code for Ascot exactly yeah um and just and then just I was just literally going to do them on colour plan there's a letterpress studio down the road here in Basingstoke called Licorice Press I've spoken about them before I'd yeah, really yeah. like to work with them so again that was just you know that's that's ready to go but I just need the time to design them and to to run some tests and it's a big commitment you know it's a couple of grand um and I need to build you know, where to sell them and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Tatler. Tatler. <laughs> well, awesome yeah, that was it. It was, we were aiming commercially. We, we didn't want it to be a little indie thing. So we, you know, we'd go to stately homes um, or, you know, the buyers and maybe go yeah, yeah. to one of the um, stationary shows and see, see if we can shift, shift a load and get a bigger order. Um, but I think they'd be beautiful. You know, they'd be I just, think sounds amazing. yeah. So, um, and then, and so, uh, the paper, you know, is really right. They've got to be premium paper. Um, rather than the cheap field notesy style, which I love. I love using them, you know, but they're throwaway things. This would be a little bit more, a little bit more posh-like. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that one. Um, and then there's my writing, really. Um, I've got the, um, I've got, a, I've got a couple of books in me. Um, one is uh, is a detective series of detective novels set in World War One, surprisingly, mm-hmm. nice. uh, which is a, um, a military, uh, a, a guy who's a Scotland Yard detective, but um, is a, um, is called up because he's a um, territorial and goes out to the world of the trenches, but he um, solves murders out there. Ah, sounds fantastic. Yeah. So I thought, you know, it'd be a great blending between that kind of early Agatha Christie world, but also the war, but also then, you know, bits of France and Belgium. and oh, That sounds like it could be fantastically commercial as well. Yeah, I've, I've written, like, outline of the first book, um, 
but I haven't, you know, I haven't touched that for a long, long time. That sounds great. Yeah, but that's what part of my research thing was all about, was finding out about the social history behind, Mm. uh, you know, what it was like to be a Londoner in 1910. Yeah. Um, but that's but that's when it would be set and I'd probably then do you know I'd, if I ever got round to it but it would be books before and after um a bit yeah so we'll see we'll see about that one and then the longest term project that I've still not finished anything on because I'm a terrible <coughs> procrastinator it's okay you're making me feel better about my own yeah projects. yeah is uh, is my higgles and piggles books yeah. which are children's books um and they are they're kind of a a a, a I don't know. I dedicate, I dedicate them to Richard Scarry really because they're, mm. uh, they're little creatures that live in a city, um, called Higgledy Piggledy. Um, the Higgles and the Piggles, but one of them is organized and, uh, great at, um, you know, bossing the other one around and the other ones are creative, but messy and chaotic and they only get on in the city by working together. So there'd be these sort of large sprawling drawings of all sorts of different activities but there's there's a sort of a theme of a story running through it um between two two families um so yeah and i've written so much about there's so much back history about that yeah (laughs) i've even written a creation myth of course (laughs) because it just stops me from starting (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean that's the one that i really have a lot of you know i i'd just love to take a few weeks off i'd hoped last summer to go away and sit and write some things but it just didn't happen and i need to do it without family without anybody and really you know sit down and, and write it but it's also illustrating it um I would want somebody else to illustrate it, but it's just finding that right person and whether or not, you know, if I then took it to a publisher's, whether they'd want to use their own person. So that's what I've heard experience of is, you know, write a story and then try and sell it because I think think unless you're self-publishing, they'll, which you don't want to do. No, then the, the, the the publishers are going to tell you to use whoever they want to use. Yeah. And they're going to have a much better idea, I think. You know, yeah. they've got the experience, haven't they? I think that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, unless it's a short children's story. Um, so in the Higgles and Piggles, there's lots of scope for writing short stories in that, in yeah, that world. that world. Sort of, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's just some of my things. So you can see, yeah, that I'm, um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, maybe maybe once a month we need to have a, an update on how all personal projects are going. <laughs> I'll yeah. say once a month. I would say weekly, but that's really cute. Maybe once so. every decade for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm about, I've got, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to be buying the printer this month. So yeah. that will be my first thing because that would, that's the one that with the potential to make me a little bit of money yeah, for yeah. very little uh, input. Uh, well, when I say input, very little input, I'll be just, you know, posting stuff out. Yeah. Which is great because I live really near a, a post office. It's only a four mile drive. <laughs> What you need to do is you need to walk to the post office, take a dictaphone, and you can write your... I beg your uh, pardon? <laughs> take your dictaphone. No, use your finger like everyone else. Uh, oh, no, that's so funny, because my the, my friend who has got the nest, his his kid, uh, I, he, I, I'm not going to say his name, but he was uh, he was caught, his little boy, um, using a p- certain part of his anatomy to use an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> he was impressing the girls behind the sofa. Oh, dear. <laughs> Fantastic. Now that is a dictaphone. Yes. Anyway, use your voice memo recorder while you're walking to the post office. Oh, and, yes. Uh, and um, you can dictate your um, your novel. Yeah. So those those are those things. So we're going to, are we going to commit to, are you going to commit to doing a certain project then? Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to finish the NASA posters. Yeah. Because I think they're, that's quite finite. You know, I've got an idea for three more of those. I've done two. Uh, so it's quite easy to see an end point. So, um, yes. What yeah. about you? Uh, a novel by next week? Definitely the printing, I think. Yeah. That's the next thing. Yeah. It really, that's great. You really must do that, uh, whatever you call it, mom and milady, my lord. Yeah. That just sounds brilliant. Oh, thanks. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm okay. excited by that. And it, you can just go on forever, can't you, really? With yeah. And that's what I think Field Notes are doing. I mean, it's a shameless rip-off of them, so... <laughs> But I'm not embarrassed to say that, you know, it's not... Well, I don't not, know, really. There's, there seems to be a bit more... Field nuts are just lovely looking things, aren't they? But there's nothing... Yeah, they do have themes, don't they? I think. Um, yep. Yeah. But I, I, I think it'd be nice, yeah, just to so that it would fit in a suit pocket 
um, and design them so that, you know, that, uh, which is that perfect size, isn't it? Really mm. A6 style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, GF Smith have sent me a few samples, of, um, pre, pre-made ones, blank ones. And yeah, they look great. Cool. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, well, I, I think that's, that's our main subject over, is it? I think it is. Yeah. Um, what, uh, websites have you been looking at this week? I think we, uh, we are, we are well over, um, our time, but I think <laughs> we, we were chatting for quite a long time beforehand. We were, so I think we're we, still we, okay. we, f- we faked it that we, uh, that we'd, um, just called up each other. We actually yeah. had a plan this week. <laughs> kind of a pl- half a plan. Uh, my website of the week is, uh, a blog by a Twitter friend of mine. I called Richard Weston, who's based in Belfast, originally from Brum, I think. And he, on Twitter, he is AceJet170. Uh, you might have seen his stuff. Yeah, he followed uh, me. I followed him back. Yeah. Um, so he's got a blog called acejet170.typepad.com. And it's called Found Type Print and Stuff. And it is very much, as it says, it's uh, a blog about printed kind of ephemera that he finds and sees all kinds of bits and stuff old packaging uh and it's beautiful it's you know lots of kind of vintage retro stuff beautiful print um and i actually thought of you when reading his latest um entry um which i think is something he saw in the i think it's in the penrose do you know the penrose annuals no. um they're, I'm not exactly sure what they are. I think they're in the 60s and 70s. I'm not... Oh, here we go. Uh, started in 1959, I think. Uh, and they're annuals of design, uh, graphic design, published annually, and kind of a real mix of articles about print, whether it's kind of modern or when they were printed modern design uh, going back to kind of let press stuff um really interesting content so it's worth googling the penrose annuals if you're interested in um old design um but his latest entry is about uh the william morris kelmscott press um which there's an article in the this edition of the penrose annual that he's got uh and it's about the Kelmscott press version of uh, some Chaucer, which oh, right. made me think of you. Uh, so it's a, a blog post about this, verily, with some beautiful, uh, beautiful pictures of William Morris, uh, kind of illuminated letters and typesetting, uh, and it's lovely. <clears throat> he was uh, a very angry but talented man, wasn't he? Morris. Yeah. He always seemed very, very het up. I don't really know. I, don't, I, I must admit, I'm not uh, very well educated on Morris. It's not a period of kind of art or design I know masses about. Yeah. Um, but uh, his uh, Helm, Kelmscott Press Chaucer was uh, printed and then he, he died. Detective <laughs> William Morris. So it might have been the death of him. Uh but yeah, I thought you'd like that. And the blog yeah, itself, asjet170.typepad.com, yeah. is uh, an, actual, an absolute treasure trove of uh, printed stuff and uh, excellent writing. Cool. All right, well, I'll check that out. Um, my one is, it was from, um, I've lost my thread now. Uh, there's a site that you put me onto called it. It's Nice That. Mm. It's kind of like, a, <clears throat> like an aggregated news feed for design. Yeah. Um, but it's, I quite like it. It's quite... Uh, it's quite happy and friendly. Yes. Um, but um, they promoted a an illustrator last week called Sally Nixon. Um, and I'd go to her website, which is sallynixon.com. And she's been doing an Instagram much like you did, a drawing a day. Um, yeah. She's, her, she's got full, full colour. She works much harder than you do. She, she certainly does. <laughs> no, she's done these amazing, beautiful square um obviously for instagram format drawings of women doing day-to-day things um and i love i love it i absolutely love her drawings i think it is fab beautifully colored they're they're sad um quite melancholic aren't they yeah there's Um, lots of kind of poignant stuff in there uh and yeah they just celebrate women who are great 
You know, they're just, you know, just doing really banal things. Yeah, I think the style is kind of, it's very recognisable. Well, for me, it's very recognisably American. It's kind of that slightly naive American illustration style that, that was kind of prevalent in the 70s, I think. Yeah, but I think if you tighten tighten these up, they would be very much Chris Ware because they are on that kind of um, isometric, yeah. axiometric yes, kind of grid. Yeah. Um, but she's sort of pulled them apart slightly. So uh, they, there is a touch of, of the formal about them, which is what mm. I, I really, really like. Um, yeah, and Adrian, lots of, Adrian lots of Tomine, do you know him? I don't know him. No. All right, he's, a, he's, a, he's another uh, American comic book. Uh, artist and it, it, the, I don't know. There's something real life about the the faces and the, the soundness mm. of it. I, 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 really beautiful. The the one I really love the most is is of a girl making uh, f- fr- what we'd call eggy bread. They call French toast, I think, over there, don't they? They do. Um, but yeah, I'll post that one up. It's absolutely beautiful. So yeah, I'm going to be scouring uh, her site to see if she sells them because um, I'd really like some of those prints. Yeah, they're lovely. Um, yeah, uh, good spot. And, um, yeah, that, that's about it really for me. Um, did you watch the 2000 AD film that you posted? I, I didn't realise it was on so late, so I didn't uh, see it. Yeah, I haven't seen it really ah. either. So well, I think I'll... we should try and watch that for next week because um, yep. I, I absolutely, you know, 2000 AD when I was about 16, 17 was my, uh, my, my rag of, of favouriteness. Yeah, that doesn't eat. Rag of favouriteness. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that uh, sounds like a Harry Potter uh, task, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter for Hermione. Oh no, God! <laughs> <laughs> Should we do pies, John? You got your wizard wings. Um, <laughs> pies. Yes, there's a there's a cold congealing pie next to me. Um, do you want to go so first? Just, or? <clears throat> well, I went to the baker's today to buy pie, and uh, they've sold me a meat and vegetable pastry, um, which isn't a pie, John. Oh. It's a Cornish pasty. Oh, right. Okay. But, you know, it's meat and vegetables in pastry. So, you know, in one way... I, I'm, I'm going to say, a, 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 you know, it technically is a pie, isn't it? We, it is. It's just it. the shape, I guess, that yeah, makes it it's a just a shape. Pasty. Uh, but I'm going in. It's now stone cold and a little dry around the edges. I'm uh, accompanied by brown sauce. The woman in the shop did say... It's very peppery. And it is. Very peppery. But it's good. It's um it's just a proper Cornish pasty, but you know, not the kind of awful ones that you get prepackaged from a supermarket or a petrol station. Yeah. So it's beautiful pastry. Plenty of meat and big chunks of uh kind of turnip and potato in there and carrot. Mm. Yeah, it's nice. Perfect with brown sauce. And what are you going to give that, if it's ever allowed in? Well, I don't think it qualifies, but um, it gets a good six. Ah. It's a good pasty. <clears throat> well, I've got a pie from across the, uh, from our butchers across the road, mm-hmm. um, and it's a chicken and asparagus. Oh. And I'm trying to fit as much vegetables in there as possible. You are um, in the search for the vegetable pie. They sell pre-made. It's got, uh, it's got a pastry marking on the top of CA, which... Um, guessing is chicken and asparagus so they can tell it from the rows of yeah the serried rows of other similar pies with different Mm. rubbish in them so it's not a particularly good pie um the 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 meat is very dry inside the asparagus is well overcooked asparagus is not great is it flaccid Um, yeah flaccid and yeah um but you know it's all right it's it's a lumpy chicken pie and it's cold, so I, I don't know how I can big this one up. But I'll, I've taken a photo, so I'll post that one. I'm going to give this one a four. A four. Yeah. Four, I think there four is a pork is, pie in the fridge. There is a pork pie in the fridge, but I was told I wasn't allowed to touch that because it's I for see. tomorrow lunch. Oh. It looked good. It's a big one. Yeah, it must be if it's being saved for tomorrow. Yeah. Well, the, the parents are coming up. Oh. Yeah. You couldn't serve them a flaccid asparagus and chicken pie, could you? No. Not if I want. Not if I want their, uh, you know, the inheritance. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right on that bombshell. Absolutely. Um, As ever, John, it's been a delight. To it has to been. It's been a good one this week. Um, yep. So yeah, we. Um, if you've got personal projects that you've never started um, and you've always been 
prevaricating about um let us know what those are um and choose one and get on with it like we're going to do um so next week we'll be reporting back and uh, and say, and seeing what's what's gone on with those we're going to be watching the 2000 ad film so uh definitely check that out it's on film four i think so probably yep. be, do they can you replay their film four films mm. do they stream them no idea yeah i think maybe check out this channel four app uh, yeah, your, I'm sure technical people will be able to tablet. find it somewhere. Yeah, um, but, you know, history of 2000 AD, what's not to love? Yeah, and we'll be talking about um, a freelance life, so uh, any contributions towards that Are we doing discussion? that next week, yeah? Are we doing that? This, yeah, we're doing that next week, aren't we? Okay, well, we're going to big that one up, yeah? Hmm. Well, even if it's not next week, we can start garnering yeah. some uh, some contributions. Yeah, definitely. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, so it's goodbye from me. <laughs> It's goodbye from him. <laughs> See you next Cheers, week. Cheers, Bye. Bye. <laughs>